Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to the Box Set Pod. This is Howell without Jamie and Matt. Every so often on the Box Set Pod I get rid of the driftwood that I have to put up with every week and do an episode where I talk in amazing, in-depth, planned, precision, well-researched with somebody who I have... um, uh, simply stumbled across in some strange way and uh, this has included the ex-vice president of Walt Disney World Resorts Lee Cockerell and comedian Justin Lee Collins and this time it's a woman I met on holiday Molly Malone what a what a great name could you is that your real name is it that you watched a lot of um, Father Ted perhaps and was inspired by the Irish uh, no I was uh, born with that name my parents uh, were good Catholic people and they're supposed to have seven children Molly, Polly, Dolly, Huey, Dewey, Louie and Peter because she'd be all petered out by then Um, but they just they just had me I'll just give a quick Molly uh, was my tour guide when we went on the Warner Brothers studio tour in Hollywood and um the first thing you may notice about Molly is that she sounds exactly like Ellen to my foreign ears Molly you can tell me who you think I sound like if you like later Oh, well, every, we've done the tour three times now and the guides are always great Molly was uh, the best she was brilliant and I just thought I have to get Molly on the podcast to talk how did you where were you born how did you get to LA what's what's the story um, so I was born in Phoenix uh, Phoenix Arizona and lived there uh, majority of my life and then uh, met woman who is now my wife and uh, we moved out to California for her to go to grad school oh. at California Institute of the Arts uh, which is where Pixar started whoa um, that's yeah. a, that, that is a that is a grad school offer that you have to accept right yeah and I never thought in all my years I would live in LA move to California ever but really love brought me here and I found we found a happy home and I love it now. Why didn't you think you would ever move to LA? What was your perception of it and how does it live up to that perception? Hearing about it as a kid, it was like, you know, the big city where, you know, very mm. Hollywood, very kind of glitz and glam, but also there's this seedy underbelly. Mm. And so it, like, it never really appealed to me. And how similar is it to that description? <laughs> <Is it? laughs> I mean, it, it does have a Hollywood aspect. It, it's quite funny. Um, like some days like oh yes this is very Hollywood because I don't live in the town of LA I live north of it Okay. but um, you'll see signs all over of where they're just shooting like they'll have you know extras park over here and you'll see there's a very specific black and yellow sign that you know oh they're filming something over here and you just drive to all of those places and um, try and get in the shots yeah one time I was really tempted to I was like oh this is for the uh, the finale of Friday Night Lights because I can they oh. usually use a code word, but this time just said Friday, and I was like, oh, I know what that is. And that's how I figured out what these signs were. Oh, I was so tempted cool. to go in there and see. I, I didn't know they used code words. Sometimes they do. Are they linked? So would Chuck's code word be 
intersect project or something. Did you watch Chuck? Um, I I've watched parts of it, but not um, okay, okay, not the whole series. So if it was uh, Dexter, they might call it um, the serial killer. That's that's not that good, is it? Or, or, or maybe spelled like cereal, like the morning breakfast food. Right? Yes, the killer cereal, <laughs> spelled like yeah. the breakfast. <laughs> I haven't been able to to figure out any of the others. Like right now, um, near where my wife works, there's one uh, which is just TK two four two. No idea what that is. TK two four two. Yeah. Oh, oh David, they they they're just using like a password generator now, aren't they? So that people can't. <laughs> Wow! It seems like although one I saw one that was just called liar, and I was having some issues with my roommate. Like I just want to steal one and pop that on their door. (laughs) (laughs) So you live north of the city, and you drive down into it. My experience of LA was the first time we went. I thought it was the most horrendous place that I'd ever been. It was on a foggy day, and we went straight to the Walk of Fame and experienced that. People ask about it, like it's. It's interesting to go to, but a lot around it. Yeah. Drive through it. Say that you've been there. Drive slowly through it and and you've done it. That's fine. Yeah. But it was, yeah, that was our experience. It was a smoggy day and we spent two days and we went to Disney and Disney was awesome, of course, but Mm. it was like, okay, we never need to go back to LA again. And I just had this real vision of it kind of, oh, this is where dreams are made, not where dreams exist. And I just felt really sad. And then the second time we went, we actually sort of did more of realize what it is, which is this massive massive just 10 cities in one and if and we went to the coast and if you see if you get to the coast and the sun's out it's just you know I don't there's nowhere else I want to live in the world having been there Edinburgh maybe other than Edinburgh and LA that's it you know and and so it is so there is all of that but isn't that kind of part of its magic is that it's got its dark side and it's got its dreams and it's got its beach and all of that it's true and there's there's history there's like you know amazing stories and like terrible stories that you hear mm. and yeah so there's it, it, there's the whole gambit of the city but yeah the beach the beaches are always wonderful always just the mm. saving grace of <laughs> any part of Los Angeles you just go to the beach it's fine yeah yeah it's beautiful and if you've got a cool 20 million you could uh, buy a place on the beach <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> you so how long have you been at Warner Brothers uh, doing the tours then and is that a difficult job to get um, the the hiring process was, was rather rigorous. Was it? Uh, I started there in June. I saw actually I saw it online on a, a hiring website here in the states, and um, like but that sounds kind of fun. And so I applied, and like the first thing I called back was like, "Can you drive a car? Do you have a valid license? Because driving a big part of it, because we drive yeah. all over the lot." Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. And like okay, we're gonna send you some stuff, um, fill this out, and send it back to us as quickly as we can. That'll reserve a spot. I'm like okay. Sure, and got that all done. They had this massive group interview. Group interview, like with the people you're competing with. Yes, exactly. Holy shit! That's uh, so. So, and some of you are going to get the job, or one person's going to get the job. Well, we knew it was. Uh, we didn't know how many spots were open, um, right. and so they had they had a, a nine a.m. interview and a one p.m. interview. And so I went to the one o'clock, and there were about eighty of us at that interview. <laughs> there was two people at the 9am one. <laughs> <laughs> <But possibly. laughs> and was this in like a sound stage or something? Yeah, just in an empty sound stage, yeah. Whoa. And what do they what did you do? 
So there were four parts of it. They told us to prepare two things. So I had to um, pick any Warner Brothers IP and talk about it for a minute. Um, And then also pick an object that kind of represented ourselves. And we could talk about how it kind of represented ourselves and what, how we had similarities to the object. Okay, and and was it, was that from a choice of objects that were in the room, or you just had to? No, so we could bring anything, but it, we had oh. to be able to bring it onto the lot, so we couldn't do like you know live animals or you know, anything too big or guns. Like, yeah, some, yeah, exactly weapons. Yeah, um, I brought a baseball. So ah, and what and how, why are you similar to a baseball? Why? Uh, because baseball people understand what a baseball is. It's, um, it's traditional. Uh, people, it's pretty durable, reliable. Everyone, you know, appreciates the baseball. But inside, there is over a mile's worth of thread in there. It's what um, gives it its uh, width, and so people don't always know there's a lot more on the inside there. You are hired, Molly. <laughs> that is that's brilliant. And did you? Was everyone doing this? In, so, are you all taking it in turns to step forward and talk about your object? Yeah, so they broke us into uh, four groups, oh so they were able, like, manageable. So still 20 of us, but yeah, we had to go around the circle and talk about our object. Um, uh, and then, yeah. God, I just don't want to be that person who's realized that they forgot to bring their object. It just sounds horrendous. There was one guy who used a pen. I was like, oh boy, okay, you forgot something else. So a pen, all right. I have this shoe. <laughs> 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 so, so how soon do they? Is it then like a, a flipping X Factor thing? Are you then okay? You four, you'll stay in till this evening, or do, or is that was that the end of the process? No. So, so then we had to, and then we did the. So the Warner Brother IP. I talked about the Wonder Woman movie. Um, oh yeah. But I wanted to do it differently, so I turned it into fantasy terms. So like, there's a princess who lives in a magical land with all sorts of other people, and like, I'm like. I was the only person to do anything quite like that. I'm like, oh, I have screwed this up royally because I wanted to make it sound different than everyone else and no one else did anything like that. I'm like, oh, okay, not yes. so good, but okay. And they worked. It was fine. <laughs> For the third thing, we had to, they were going to give us a title and we had to um, talk about it um, with our two tour guests, quote, tour guests, other people in the interview process. Mm. And if you knew anything about it or not, you just had to kind of, BS it for a full minute. Okay, and what did you get? I got the type the, the TV show called Mom. Allison Janney and Anna oh Harris. yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. nothing. I didn't know didn't know anything about the show. No, no me zero. I, I, oh my god! <laughs> so you just BSed it? I just BSed it. I'm like, no, I picked some stars' names and said, yeah, it's about a sitcom about a mom and her kids, blah blah blah. And oh. I think the whole thing was like, can you talk? about something you're unsure of or maybe you didn't know about it for a minute <laughs> so when we when you're driving people around the warner brothers lot and they say tell me about blade runner 1982 you can say well there's this person who uh works in a barbers and shaves people and um <laughs> and and in his spare time he runs marathons right <laughs> <laughs> great and uh, how many times are you? Do you find yourself actually in that situation when you're doing a tour? Does somebody go in that episode twelve, or season three of the Gilmore Girls? <laughs> as you know, Luke falls through the window. Is this the spot he landed? <laughs> That's every tour, isn't it? That's once every tour. Hopefully, it, 
thank heavens it's not. Uh, but every now and then I get someone who is like, no, is this the thing that happened here? And for sometimes just to kind of appease them, I'm like, sure, yeah. <laughs> exactly. you, you nailed it you know exactly where you're looking yes yeah as I remember on our tour there was a guy I think on the front who was uh, who, it was someone who interrupted you while you were mid paragraph and yeah. um, and it's like whoa that is a that's a step too far sir have you right. had have you had people leap off the bus and just go and uh, uh, I have not but um, one of my trainers he's like yeah he he has had every horrible thing happen to him on tour. He had a woman jump off the cart and go and hug a star. She, um, one of the stars of ER, she saw him walking down the street. She literally hopped off the moving cart to hug him. Brilliant. And I, I imagine he was good about it. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He's so, he's so, he, he's the best at keeping his cool with whatever situation it gets. And yeah. he taught us this, you know, how I react is how the rest of the cart is going to react. Even yeah. if I, you know, crash into Ellen, yeah. he's cool about it <laughs> and no one else will freak out. So, Oh God. So there are lots of things. There are thousands of things that anyone listening to this has seen filmed at the Warner Brothers. In the last 10 years, I did discover the Gilmore Girls and... I mean, I just... I can't tell you how much I adore that writing and that series even with its occasional flaws um adore it <laughs> yeah. there are loads of things that have been filmed there ranging from the Gilmore Girls all the way Friends classic Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne and uh Ellen is filmed there all the Friends was filmed there well, the West Wing was filmed there um yep. Chuck so Molly's asked about them all she's asked every day about all of these things is there stuff that you wish you could talk about more and you don't? I mean, the show, the one other show I especially love is ER. Mm. And yeah. it, it went through a whole metamorphosis over the 15 years that it filmed. And mm. I don't often get a lot of ER fans on my tours because it started the same time as Friends. And Friends, uh, they had their 25th anniversary this year or last year. Um, oh, God. So it's the so- same age as Friends. No way! So it's so the West Wing, Friends, and ER, and the Gilmore Girls were all going on at the same time. There, mm-hmm. it's good oh time my. for TV. Jeez, yeah, and and a busy like, canteen, I would imagine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. How old were you when ER came out? Oh, you're gonna make it hard on me now. Um, let's see. Teenager. I, mean, I was I was in high school. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, yeah. Even when ER came out, it was it was uh, just the you, you know the bit in the credits the, the when the piano comes in the little crescendo and the, and mm-hmm. um, Peter yep. it was Peter Bank not Bankman that's uh, goes ben- yeah Benton Benton, Benton. he does the yeah. fist bump into the ground ah. It sends shivers down my spine just listening to that reconstruction that we just heard. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was beautiful. Thanks. It's, uh, yeah, it really was. It was a special time, wasn't it? And they did the live episode. Which was crazy because they had... Um, I, I have a friend who still works there, but she was on a lot when they filmed that episode, and it was crazy. They had camera crews everywhere, running all over to get that, get wow. everything continuously going because they used about at least five different sound stages for that show. Wow, wow! And and was there any point in doing it live? Do you think? Did, did it did it add anything? <laughs> 
I don't know that it did. Uh, just to kind of show that they could, maybe because. Yeah. It's an event, isn't it? But the, but then with the when the West Wing did it, that kind of made more sense because it was the live debates, so there was kind of an right. excuse to do it. I often wonder when they did. Um, it was American, wasn't it? The live. Um, uh, what did they do last year? Uh, Greece, Greece live. Oh yes, Greece. yeah, that was on our lot too. Oh, was it? Wow. Yeah. That was really impressive. That was really impressive, and I thought, you know, there's there's a. Yeah, there, there's still an element of it where I'm going, what, did you need to do this live because we can kind of see the set wobble every so often? Right. But but it's so <laughs> impressive that they're, they're obviously trying to sort of beat the streaming giants and going, hey, look, right. there's still a reason to listen to... There's still a reason to watch TV. I mean, I think that's why people watch theatres because it's that, that element of live that you don't know... Anything can go wrong at any time. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think people watch theatre? I do. <laughs> my tra- I trained as a theatre director so there's about 12 people a year that go to this g- a college in London and do a degree in theatre directing and I'm very passionate about I went from that and got into radio and I'm really passionate about theatre but it doesn't help itself quite often theatre and it yeah. hasn't been helped Margaret Thatcher killed theatre really Why she, do you say that? Well Maggie Thatcher came in and said um, the arts needs to pay for itself so she went okay commercial model no public subsidy so what you got in the 80s and 90s in Britain was this new wave of kind of very they called it sort of bare bones and they made it very realistic and gritty and it was three people on a stage and you have the minimalist thing and it's not waiting for Godot, it's more sort of working class kitchen sink drama type stuff. And okay. and unfortunately, theatre's strength is the same strength as a, a gig has, you know, as live music has, which is atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot create atmosphere with TV in the same way that you can when you're yeah. immersed in it. And the reason Cirque, Cirque du Soleil have done so well is because oh, yeah. there is not one element of that production from the music to the ushers showing you in uh, you know there's nothing that isn't as good as it possibly can be certainly in britain i think people have grown up being taken to theater at school really bad productions they they just don't have the money to kind of rehearse for very long as have you can almost hear someone pressing play on the tape recorder for the sound effects (laughs) that can help you know Um, so it's a real shame and it's with with you know it's with great love that I feel let down by it um, but do you I mean I suppose you you must get kind of pick of the American theatre LA must be a good stop off point for most touring yeah, stuff yeah we do have a, a major theatre called the Pentages here and all the like Hamilton is coming back uh, oh. very soon uh, Frozen is just there and I think the Book of Mormon uh, is there right now okay. yeah, any major Broadway show you can go there and see well, they're they're great examples. The Book of Mormon and Hamilton. I've not seen Hamilton. Uh, Matt, who's on this podcast regularly, he's just been in, to see Hamilton in London. I'm aware of how good it is, <laughs> but the uh, but the Book of Mormon is a great example of something that I, you know it was in Manchester for a long run recently, and I went four times to watch it, and it's I mean it's just a perfect piece of entertainment. Yeah, it just I mean when you think about who created it, you know the guys from South Park. 
and 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 you have to have that kind of power as well, I think. So unless you've got kind of someone who really understands how to fund creativity, you need to have the ego yeah. or the reputation to to demand that things are you know as good as possible. Most touring theatre can look quite tired quite quickly, and um, that one, I mean, they were doing that show nine times a week, and they they were on point. Every line, everything was just perfect. Yeah. Anyway, back to you. Oh, so your wife, how long have you been married for? Uh, so we got married in 2013. So six years, maybe seven years this year um, in October. 2013. That's, yeah, that's when me and my wife got married. But the difference was that you were probably only just allowed to get married at that point. Is that? We actually, we had to elope um, because, well... So technically we got married in Seattle in May and then we had our, um, like the wedding for our friends and family on Halloween. Right. Um, because yeah, it was not legal in Arizona so we had to go off to another state to uh, officially get it done. Right. Arizona was the last to cave. It was um, through, because under the certain jurisdiction there were like nine states and we were like, Arizona's the last state holding out oh, against what? gay marriage and finally just as a result of everyone else, they're like, no, you have to do it. <laughs> so, so let's um, segue from that subtly to Ellen, who I believe is also married to a woman and sounds like you. Um, but you've now, so, so you started working there in June last year and you've already been promoted to co-hosting the Ellen show as of uh, next month. Is that correct? <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, no, I started on Ellen in September um, and work my way up through the ranks and so now uh, when we tape a show I help load in the audience and then um, during the commercial breaks I stand up at the, the top of the house if the audience needs to run to the restroom or anything uh. that's my exciting job but it's it's awesome though so you can tell them you show them where the bathroom is if it's um, where the restroom is if it's mid-show during commercials, yeah, because um, okay. when they're taping, I literally sit on a little stairwell behind, <laughs> so I'm not in the shot. Right, yeah. Um, so you get to listen to every show being taped. Yes, and there's a TV in that stairwell too, so I can watch oh. what's happening. Oh, my favourite thing to do was uh, not direct plays. It was once it's been directed to sit somewhere innocuous maybe in the rafters or under the seats or somewhere no one could see me while the play was happening and just listen to the reaction and listen to the thing there is nothing better you feel like uh, you feel like Rizzo the Rat or something just hiding somewhere in a corner <laughs> don't you it's it's awesome and sometimes I'll have people who will come who will enter through my stairwell and so um, for Valentine's Day Twitch's wife came to surprise him. Like all of a sudden, she's in my stairwell. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Let me get out of your way. Do a surprise entrance. Who's been the best? Kind of um, bumped into. Um, I mean, Tom Ellis is a lovely, sweet man. Tom Ellis. Um, yes, he 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 has a show called Lucifer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's an epic show. I believe he was also on a British show called Miranda. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be um, crucified for not knowing that now. Yes. Oh. So he's nice. Just, anytime you see him walk past and drive past him, he'll say, hey, he'll wave. Um, he hugged one of my tour guide friends and she just about lost her brain that day. <laughs> um, Nathan Fillion, also very nice. 
who is an American Canadian actor from Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was in he was in Firefly, wasn't he? Is like the main yeah. guy. Yeah, great. And Guardians of the Galaxy. He he has a quick little uh, bit in the in the first one, I believe, in the prison. Oh, he's cool. Yeah, great. How often do you have a conversation with Ellen herself? Uh, I <laughs> I've yet to meet her, unfortunately. God, imagine what's going to happen when you meet her, though. And when you hear each other speak, I'm gonna, it's going to be like a Marx Brothers <laughs> mirror trick. Oh, my God. You have been there for not yet a year. You've already been promoted to the Ellen Show. You, In fact, how did you put it? Your job is to, it's almost like you said, cattle herd the humans into Ellen's show. Yeah, because, um, so there's a parking garage across the street. <laughs> And that's where and, they're kept. Um, yeah, that's where they line up. And we there's 250 people that can come to a taping. Right. And so we just have to, usually in groups of 30, sometimes or more, and we just kind of cross, them the start, cross the street one way, across the street the another way, and then into the soundstage. Okay. They actually added a special crosswalk for the Ellen show specifically, because previously they would just walk across the street and go through security and slow everything down. So anyone going on the lot through that gate mm. was just boned for the whole time <laughs> we were loading audience in. So they added this special crosswalk solely for the Ellen show. And and do you stand uh, in front of the, the crosswalk and wave them all across? Are you Do you ring a cowbell? Or um, <laughs> do you have a whistle? Um, we have um, we have those uh, like bright orange traffic ones. Okay. And we wear that. Um, so for a while uh, before I, I'm now the ADA uh, helper, which is like um, folks with special needs. I help them oh, get across first. Great. Before, I sat on a street corner and literally just yelled at people to hurry up <laughs> and cross the street as I waved my traffic wand. <laughs> <laughs> How often do people actually say, oh, you sound like Ellen? Um, usually not when I'm working the show, but more often on tours. I yeah. do get it. Foreign I, people I, like me, yeah. <laughs> but even in my training group, because um, uh, we all had to like practice and like learn the, learn the lot and learn how to drive and stuff, so we just go out and practice every day. And the first right. time when people heard me on the mic, they're like, wait, are we being punked? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> okay, so back to the crosswalk. So you get everyone across, you're shouting at them. What percentage of them are already drunk before they get there? <laughs> um, I'd say very few are drunk, but some people are so excited. Like the people that play the games on the Ellen show, they pick a bunch of people ahead of time. Yeah. So they kind of know who to pick from to play the games. Okay. Those people are, they are racing across the street. They will like get into like runner's position and run across. Once they're in yeah. there, they're in like a holding pen. It's like veal. Yeah. And do, are they delicious? <laughs> when you get them in the show, then they're, then they're good and they're happy. And not everybody makes it into the audience, do they? So some people, you, you have to kind of overbook. They always ensure the audience is full at all times. Uh, and so if people don't make it into uh, the soundstage where they film, there's another soundstage called the Riff Rack Room. It's where they, they can watch the show on monitors in there. So kind of still kind of be a part of it. Not quite the same experience, but okay. be there. And if, you, if you're stuck in there, then you get guaranteed tickets to come back and sit in a proper seat oh, for another cool. tape. And are they generally okay with that? For the most part, it's a different scale in America. It's like we the biggest thing we've ever seen here would probably be Harry 
Potter, I would imagine. But the like the the scale of that country and the number of people who might be watching any episode of Ellen. And mm-hmm. and the draw to that, and you're essentially peeing from a, a pond of like 400 million people, and saying, "Send me your craziest, most enthusiastic people." Right? Pretty um, much, yeah. I mean, that's there is a, there is a serious like, amount of uh, potential. I imagine there's a lot of quite careful security, and you really have to think about that stuff. It's almost yeah, there is. it's like post Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer was the first sort of <laughs> explosion of kind of crazy enthusiasm on TV, and then there you had Oprah and and Ellen's works even better the more enthusiastic people are. Like you were saying about the the um, the game show contestants, mm-hmm. the more crazy somebody is, the more her her deadpan nature can can exist and be funny against it. It's so true, so true. So you need lunatics, and, <laughs> and there you are waving them across the road. <laughs> <laughs> what's next how ambitious are you i think for people outside of la there's an image of what it must be like to live and work in la and my experience of la now is some of the best people in the world with the best intentions and everyone wants to be on the right side of the right cause whenever whatever's mm. happening right now they want to be eating the correct avocados um <laughs> doing the right thing but it, but they're not the perhaps the image of uh, desperation of um the f- the fame people <laughs> just roller skating around going i want to live forever desperate um and you don't appear to be that like the they, they, a lot of la people i see just doing stuff doing cool jobs who don't reek of desperation um for me i don't really feel that um i just want to have a job where i have fun at and and can do well and that's what this job has worked out for me to be it's an awesome job where i meet amazing people like yourself it's fun and some days are challenging of course but this is what i was about before i worked in retail for like far too long and i'm like i just need something different to get out of everyone's mad at me all the time yeah and uh, what's your wife doing now so she um was she unfortunately she had the reverse and she was kind of the ambitious one or still yeah. is really yeah. and she is a theatrical lighting designer ah cool that's what she went to grad school for and mm. so it was kind of like she was always you know, trying to figure out what the next gig was what the next show she was going to do yeah. but recently she's gotten a job with a lighting design firm so it's not as stressful yeah, yeah, you've got to. It was. It's like the my short career in theatre was. It, you you working if you work in theatre, you work at the worst time of day. Like you you're working in the evening every night. You're out of town. Everyone's having affairs because they finish work at eleven at night, and the towns are all closed down, and they mm. their energy's through the roof, and you know. They, so it's keba- <laughs> ke- kebabs, drink, drugs, and affairs. You know. Um, and it's just a, you just become more and more distanced from reality I think and it is tough and if you can find jobs like your your job is a dream of a job oh no there is no such thing as a dream of a job but it kind of is it really kind of is I, just, I work on a movie lot and drive around talk to people talk mm. about fun things all day so it, and even with the Ellen people like most I would say like 95% of them are super excited super sweet genuine yeah. people who are just 
ultimately happy to be there. You, you find that in everything. I think mo- most people who are lucky enough to work in jobs that they love, most people are really nice. I think in the 15 years that Jamie and I were, were kind of doing breakfast radio, what do you call it in America? Morning radio. Oh, morning radio. Yeah, morning radio, yeah. Um, so we, were, we interviewed... Uh, everyone one direction to Richard Attenborough and most people were wonderful human beings and there was probably two famous people who weren't wonderful human beings but but most people really are great they know how lucky they are and work hard to do something they love it's a funny thing to think about because we take it for granted because I'm on the lot every day but like Mm. it's really neat what I do because I, I I'm on this Hollywood lot where they've made all these movies and all these TV shows and I just have to think like no to a standard person this is this is so awesome and I'm like yeah it is sometimes I have to remind myself I'm just how cool my job can be it is how long before you get bored of driving around um, Stars Hollow I don't know Um, because I mean the, the place stays the same but it will update with new things that shoot there but the people are always different yeah so that, that's another exciting factor sometimes it's you know a terrible cart with no reaction other times everyone's into everything I'm saying and so if there was any way of me recommending to people to go do the Warner Brothers uh, Hollywood tour and ask for Molly then I would but I don't <laughs> think that's actually possible is it you can't choose your, your tour guide uh, typically not I mean People give us reviews on TripAdvisor and say, you know, that was awesome. And uh, okay. maybe people see that, but otherwise I, like okay. I can get, my wife is taking my tour. It's like, you say you want Molly's tour, but otherwise right. it's not. <laughs> right. Hey, i tell you something else you taught me that I didn't realize that the, um, uh, so at, at university, we all had to uh, do a presentation about a director and it was, this was in the film bit mm-hmm. and everyone was, being very wise and picking Scorsese and uh, <laughs> Spielberg and uh, all this. Uh, I chose Jim Henson and oh. told the story of Kermit the Frog through the eyes of the story of Jim Henson because essentially they're very similar. You took us to the bit which um, people will have seen in lots of things. Uh, there's um, In the Gilmore Girls, it's whenever you see them in bushes, it's that bit. But this is also mm-hmm. a lake that gets filled up. And that was where Kermit sang his first song, The Rainbow Connection, which was sung at our wedding. I couldn't believe Aww. it. And let me Aww. tell you, you, sitting on the back of your golf cart, there are people saying nothing who are going, oh my God, like, it's it's like... <laughs> life change it's weird because something that, that has only ever existed in your imagination is and could, could mean so much to somebody they've just fucking driven past it <laughs> <laughs> well and, like I didn't know that I never know the connection that people have to certain things and that's and the beauty I would of it never what's your favourite bit of the tour I mean I really the place you're talking about is called the lagoon I really mm-hmm. like the lagoon right because um, it feels like you're away from the buildings and because it, yeah, you you drive into it in a whole jungle backlot, and the way they've used that for so many different things, I just I love the capabilities that that thing has, and just the history. Like scenes from Camelot were filmed in there. Um, really? Oh my God. Yeah, like uh, they did the last few months of May um, <laughs> in that same area. So yeah. it's like just all the different things that have been in that area, and 
because it's not a typified city block or, you know, mm. New York looking street. I love that whole area. It's a weird thing when once you've done that tour, uh, I just last night I watched Road to Perdition and then put an episode of Chuck oh, on yeah. and saw the same yeah. set on both of them. <laughs> you really notice it. Like to the point that you're going, how did I ever not think that that was a set? Right? I can't watch TV the same way now because I'm constantly looking to see, I'm like, oh, is that? Yeah, well, that's out over there. And Rose is like, stop it. Please just yeah. watch. <laughs> <laughs> Are you tour guiding on everything that you. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, this is here. I'll like pause it. Right? It's like, right. she's so good to put up with me that way. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just about to burst into tears at something, and you go, well, This is actually the place that Spider Man hung upside down. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you feel that we haven't talked about that you expected me to ask you? Uh, no, this, no, this was lovely. Um, good, good. Let's thank do you it for more often. Me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Molly, oh, I'll tell you what, I didn't ask you. Flipping heck. <laughs> So along the lines of um, marriage, before you worked on Ellen, how much of an influence has Ellen been in your life? I'm just presuming that because you're a gay woman, you have um, held Ellen up on a pedestal your entire life. Is is that true? Oh, it is true. It's funny we joke that she's our queen. But mm. even when I was like in high school and I hadn't quite figured my whole stuff out yet, I bought her book and just read it. Um. And I read it like six times. Oh, wow. like devoured it and I got her next book and had the same thing so I'm like she's, and I watched her sitcom and so like just kind of growing up and she was a huge uh, influence in my entire life so the, the, her book was that a book that she wrote after she came out or before she came out it was before she came out okay so you, you, you bef before you even knew that you had that in common right. and before she dropped that bombshell <laughs> yeah wow right. wow what's the title of the stand up she just did for Netflix oh relatable oh, oh. my god I mean not only oh, talk yeah. about the Book of Mormon it talk about perfect theatre I mean it is yeah. perfect it's perfect prose for the whole thing isn't it but that story I mean the amount that she was she was shat on from a great height I didn't realize the extent of everything that she'd gone through and uh, there's a big poster in her um, in her backstage area for that uh, comedy special and underneath it just says she's not using her daytime voice <laughs> okay, that's yeah definitely she just seems like the perfect human being it, it's if if we find if some big story comes out about Ellen at some point that just uh, that'll be the end of celebrity and you know as we know it so, yeah. she's just lovely yeah as are you Molly thank you very much oh, oh thank you Paul pleasure I mean you pronounced my name correctly that's weird <laughs> names are very important to me so yeah thank you Molly no, thank you again